Hey guys, real quick, before you get into this episode, I want to share with you, you know, we're in a time of chaos and confusion and brokenness, grief, all the things. And honestly, there are some daily comforts that just make you grateful and feel more grounded in life. Things like petting your dog, hitting this news button, and even that first cup of coffee. Thank you, Lord, and amen. Now, these things are things that you can count on every day to help get you where you want to go. It creates a sense of normalcy. But you know what also carries me personally through the day? Things that are short and sweet that lift my eyes to Jesus. Things like the Upper Room Daily Devotional Guide. You can count on the Upper Room for daily inspiration, daily community, and daily prayer. It is the only daily devotional magazine written by readers, ordinary people, people who have encountered God in daily real life situations. The Upper Room is here for you every day through your email, a custom app, or printed magazine. You can enjoy a free 30-day trial of their email or their app service by visiting upperroom.org forward slash welcome. It's upper U-P-P-E-R R-O-O-M dot org forward slash welcome to get a 30-day free trial. Welcome to the Heart of Dating podcast. Hey, it's Kate. I'm so glad you could join us this week as we try to entangle the ever so ambiguous world of dating as a Christian. Over here on Heart of Dating, we get real as we answer some tough questions and uncover transformative ways to approach Christian dating. Oh, and you better believe we have some laughs along the way, because last time I checked, the struggle is hashtag real. You know what I'm saying? Now, let's get to the heart of the matter. Hey, hey, friends. Welcome to the Heart of Dating podcast today. I'm your host, Kate Warman, and as always, I am so thankful and thrilled that you are here listening today. Now, on this episode, we are talking about the ultimate singleness game changer, and I promise you, you're going to want to soak into the truths of what this powerhouse woman, our guest for today, has to say. But before we get into that, I want to address something. Now, I hear women specifically saying all the time, where are the good Christian men? And while I know that dating is frustrating, you guys, I also know God created amazing single Christian men. A few months ago, we launched Drop the Hanky Digital Dating, our online dating service. Now, months later, we are happy to report that we have so many testimonials of couples being formed, relationships starting, even people with long distance relationships in this quarantine COVID season. If you don't believe us, check out our Instagram and look at Emily and Roger's incredible testimonial. So if you want to give it a shot and open your eyes to digital dating in this quarantine COVID season, come join us as a woman for only $9 at bit.ly forward slash drop the hanky. And also for the single dudes right now, if you want to be connected with thousands of incredible eligible Christian women, Or if you're listening and you know an eligible dude that is just awesome and needs to do this, then you can nominate yourself or that guy by going to bit.ly forward slash single dude. Here's what one of the guys in our program had to say. It's been great to meet so many women who have a love and passion for God. It's been a breath of fresh air being able to finally talk to Jesus loving women and not have to sift through a dating app. Wonder if they really have a relationship with Jesus. 
Guys, I would just so love to see more single men of all ages, all locations come and join what we are doing. Yes, you can even apply internationally. So again, for the dudes, come to bit.ly forward slash drop the hanky. Or if you know a single dude you want to nominate, go to bit.ly forward slash single dude. Okay, friends, it's time to introduce our guest for today, the amazing Crystal Evans Hurst. Crystal Hurst is an energetic, fun-loving girl next door who loves to encourage other women in fulfilling their full potential in Christ. Crystal firmly believes God's promise in Jeremiah 29:11, "For I know the plans that I have for you." And she desires to help other Christians believe and apply that truth to their lives. Crystal is a gifted writer, speaker, and worship leader. Being the eldest child of Dr. Tony Evans, Crystal has been surrounded by the Word of God her entire life. As a member of Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship, Crystal assists in leading the women's ministry and loves to encourage women towards a deeper relationship with the Lord. Crystal has recently co-authored a book, Kingdom Woman, with her dad. You can also find Crystal writing on her blog, Crystal Chronicles, where she poignantly reflects her thoughts about her faith and day-to-day experiences. Most importantly, Crystal is a dedicated wife and homeschooling mother of five. Wow! She considers herself to be the COO of the Hearst household. Crystal and her husband, Jesse, reside in a small town just outside of Dallas. Today, you guys, Crystal and I talk about rewriting singleness as not a season to dread. We also talk about how to actually use this time to cultivate incredible things for God. This is not a season to waste, my friends. And as a single person, I am saying that standing here with you, telling you this season can actually be really incredible. I promise you. Lastly, Crystal reveals the number one singleness game changer, and I can't wait for you to hear what it is. So without further ado, let's welcome Crystal Evans Hurst. Crystal Evans Hurst. Hey girl, welcome to the heart of dating today. Thank you for having me. Glad to be here. (laughs) Well, I'm really grateful for you, new friend, and just been following you on Instagram, seeing what you've been doing. And I've just noticed that you just have such a radiant, beautiful soul and you're doing really powerful work. So I want everyone to know exactly what you're up to and who you are. So would you share a bit about that with us today? Sure. Well, I am a daughter, as most of us are, a sister, a wife, and a mom, also an author, a speaker. Um, I'm a daughter of a pastor um, who has been faithful to preach in his local church for um, all of his career, but he's also known all over the world, um, Tony Evans. And then my sister um, is known quite a few places as well, Priscilla Shire. And then, of course, I've got two other brothers. And then I'm a wife, been married for 20 years, a mom of kids ages 28 to 11, And I'm really good at making peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. But about 10 years ago, um, I joined my father with a project, a book called Kingdom Woman, where he wrote the heavy hitting theological parts and I wrote the practical stuff. And then after that, when your name is on a book, people start saying, hey, can you speak? So that's how that happened. Still (laughs) pretty good at making peanut butter butter and jelly sandwiches. (laughs) Kids are still here. But I am also doing the work thing with that ministry and all the things that come along with that. So that's a little bit about me. Absolutely amazing, girl. Isn't that funny? You're like, oh, and now people want me to speak. Like, oh, okay, cool. Like, <laughs> we're going to do this thing, right? <laughs> like, it's like this new, I don't know. For me, it's been the weirdest thing over the last few years to have people ask me to speak. The first time I was like, 
Oh, you, oh, oh, okay. I mean, we can figure out how to do that thing, you know? <laughs> Man, but you are a phenomenal speaker. And I know something specifically too, you just came out with a really awesome prayer book. Would you tell us a little bit about that amazing prayer book? Sure, sure. Well, um, I was struggling to pray, not to pray like I don't know what to say, but to pray like I know what to say. I know what I'm supposed to be talking about. But I don't do it, like not as often as I should. Be real, so, yes. <laughs> yeah, so my goal was just to commit to praying for 28 days straight and to encourage other people as I was doing that. And so I went on Instagram back when Instagram was chronological. I said, I'm going to be here six times a day, at least sharing thoughts that will hopefully encourage you to pray as I encourage myself. And um, that was a lot of words. And so I wasn't trying to write a book. In fact, it was four years later before we said that could probably be a book. And so that's where we have this now. So I'm not writing it because I'm a prayer warrior. I'm not writing it because, oh my gosh, I've had miraculous prayers answered. While I have, that's not the goal. The goal is to say, hey, listen, I've struggled too. Here's some things that help me and I hope they help you. I love that. And I think right now, just what I've noticed in this whole COVID pandemic wild season is that I used to every week, like have really specific disciplines because my work life was like very, you know, set. It's like Monday through Friday and then social things at night, social things on the weekend, church on Sunday, all of that. But when COVID hit, it's just like everything started blending together. You know, like we all, I think, felt at the beginning, like, what day is it? What, where are we? Like, what's going on? You know? And those normal things just weren't quite as normal anymore uh, because we weren't able to do them. And so I noticed for myself personally that one thing that started also kind of changing was just my specific disciplines with God and my daily prayer life because everything kind of just felt like it just got, it was like put in a box and jumbled around, you know, <laughs> like so... And so right now, I even have noticed that. I, I said to myself, I think it was last week, like, oh my gosh, Kate, where, where's your weekly Sabbath, girl? Like, what's going on? You know, I was so good about that weekly Sabbath. So what I love about this prayer journey book that you came out with is just the 28 days, the consistency of doing that and establishing new habits. Because right now, I just feel like so many people have gone through this season where their habits have kind of been tossed and moved around, you know, it's been shaken up. So I, I love that you created this and that it's the 28 days. So tell us a little bit more just in that vein. I've read and done some of the journey, which is great. What did, what do those days kind of look like? How do you break it down? Well, the goal was to pray literally I, at the 28, again, this was like an accidental yeah, thing, right? Yeah. So the thing was, if I do 30 or 31, then it'll spill over and it won't feel rhythmic. So I need to have four weeks of seven days a week, and then let me practice not trying to do all the things at the same time. So we know we need to give God thanks and be grateful. We know we need to repent, say we're sorry. We know we should ask for what we want, what we need, what we desire. We know that we should have an attitude of surrender so that we ultimately are saying, hey, not my will, but yours be done. And so how can I stretch that out? Well, four areas of prayer over seven days doesn't work. So what I said I would do is dedicate four days a week each day to a certain tenant of prayer, certain area. And then the other three days kind of put it all together in different ways. And so one day, instead of trying to do everything on one day, which you can, 
But in terms of what's in the book, I focus on one day on praise and give thanks and why and give you ideas for all the things you can thank God for, because we know we should be thankful. But, you know, beyond thank you for this daily bread, like where do you go from there? So that's where that came from um, to give one day there and then really one day to think about how do I offend God? Like, how do I not operate in a way that makes him happy, that's pleasing to him, that's honoring? And so the repentance day is just thinking of things where God is different than you and how your reactions, your words, your ethic, your character, your integrity doesn't match. It's not a day of beating yourself up. It's more so a day of saying, you know, how are we different and how, as I hold God in high honor, do I see that I'm different? And to recognize that there's so many places where we constantly have need of his grace and his mercy. And the next day is ask. That's the part we always want to get to. It's like, okay, <laughs> that's what we totally default to, right? It's oh, just yeah, like, praying okay, here. <laughs> yes. Yeah, praying means I ask for what I want. When prayer exactly. is actually conversation with God. Yes. And are we using that in full to do all of the full spectrum conversational things? Yielding is the next day. Out of all the things that I want, that I need, that I'm experiencing, how can I say, what do you want? What is your, what is your will? What's happening in the world? What's happening in my neighborhood? What's happening in my family? What's happening around me that I have not really been thinking about because I haven't been looking. So you're looking for what God is doing so you can yield and be a part of that. And then for the rest of those days, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, um, we have fun praying for other people. I mean, little things like the person that you always see that checks you out in the grocery store line. Like, have you ever thought about praying for them? Or, you know, when is the last time you actually connected with a neighbor? Like, can you pick a neighbor or two, put a card in their mailbox and say, hey, just wanted you to know I'm thinking about you. Can I pray for you? So we try to look for ways to go beyond or, you know, your pastor, okay, he's ministering to you every Sunday. How often are you praying for him and for the other pastors besides the senior pastors that are on staff? Or here's another thing. You always listen to that podcast or that radio show, or you always read her books. They're feeding you spiritually. Do you pray for them? Like, so it's just looking for, you know, ways to keep prayer fresh. And so we do the four days with the four tenants to kind of focus in on those. And then we put them together in fun ways for the rest of the week. And the goal is that this is not, you know, this is not like a match made, a method made in heaven. This is what God did in my heart and I'm sharing it. But that said, the goal is not the method. The goal is that I'm giving you enough food for fodder, enough ideas, enough prompts where you are regularly just thinking and mindful about praying to God. And then it opens up this concept of ongoing conversation where you can mix up the order. The order is not important, but that you're always connected. So when you think about dating that guy, high school, college, where you couldn't get off the phone with him, you know, you just hold the phone watching TV. You know what I mean? It was, it was not about the conversation. It was about withness. It was about togetherness. And so the point is, is that the line was open. So when you got to work, you know, you might call and be like, are you up? What are you doing? I just got my first cup of coffee. You know, I'm trying hard to wake up. All right, talk to you later. And then around 11 o'clock, what are you doing? Well, I just got out of that morning meeting. Well, how did your presentation go? It was kind of whack, you know, but I did my best. And then, you know, around three o'clock, you know, well, what are you doing? Oh, fighting off this afternoon drowsiness. Well, go get another cup of coffee. I know I'm trying not to be addicted to coffee. <laughs> then on your way home from work, you're talking on the way home from work about whatever, right? What happened in the news? What's happening in pop culture? You know, feelings. You pick up your argument where you left it off the day before. You know, and then before you go to bed, you're sitting there watching Netflix or watching that show, Big Brother, and you're just on the phone, you know, or you're ongoingly texting. And it's not about a particular thing. And it's not about a particular order. It's about the line being open. And my hope with the 28 days with the method that I'm sharing 
that people would walk away, not like, oh, this method, but they would walk with, walk away with, oh my gosh, open conversation nonstop. I'm addicted to it and it's great. Yeah. Just like when we're in infatuation in a relationship, those beginning stages. And as you're talking, I love the dating connection, the relationship connection, because it is a relationship with God. A relationship is a two-way thing where we are listening, we are thinking, and then we're requesting things, of course. But like, if we think about having a dating relationship with a guy or for the guys listening with a girl, you know, if you just were constantly going to that person being like, and here's my need. And here's my need. Hi, here's my need. You know, like that's going to be a real quick end to that relationship. <laughs> that person's going to feel this is not reciprocal. You are just coming to take from me and you don't even really care about affirming me, thanking me, advocating for me, figuring out how to be sacrificial for me. You know what I mean? And it's like, that could, that's relationship going to be cut off, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. That relationship dynamic would be a one-way street and it exactly. wouldn't Exactly. Yeah. So I, I love that because we kind of, we do see God as like, okay, I'm going to come with you to all for all my asking, for all my needs, and and or come to him when, of course, we're having like the worst time ever. Um, but what does it look like to to incorporate those other elements, the praising and the worshiping, the interceding for other people? I love that so much because those are habits that we need to be in constant conversation with God. And this is what I've been saying, Crystal, is that I think right now, more than ever, we're in a crazy time, right? You know what I mean? And it's like, right now, this is when we need this more than ever. We need our prayer life to be on fuego. Like, like, I mean, I've been finding myself with all the news, with everything happening. I'm like, if I'm not in the word and in my prayer life with God, my mind just goes a million places. And it's like in those in-between moments, like those little check-ins, like you were talking about, it's easy for us to go, well, what's going on on social media? What's going on in the media? Instead of, okay, let me let me take this time to talk to my best friend, aka God, you know? And when I take all those little moments to just go on the media, instead, like, I notice at the end of the week when my soul just feels crushed, confused, frustrated, worn out, you know? <laughs> Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's hard with all, everything going on. Like we need extra discernment and clarity and that time with the Lord to really just be with him. I mean, I'm not going to know where I stand on things unless I'm really in this with God every day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the thing. I mean, the being with is the pray without ceasing. So we look at it and go, oh my gosh, because we have, you know, we have these ideas because of church, religion and history and tradition and liturgy, what prayer looks like. But prayer is talking to God, period. That's it. And so, yes, there are all these ways we can do it. And there's ways we've learned to do it in church and ways we've learned to do it on our knees with our family and ways we've learned to do it at the kitchen table. But, you know, there are a lot of ways I can talk too. I can have a certain conversation that I will talk to if I'm talking to the president of the United States or to my senator. Then there's a way I'm going to talk to my pastor. And then there's a way I'm going to talk to my mother. And then there's a way that I talk to my kids. But then there's a way I talk to my best friend. Yeah. Yeah. And God is just saying all the things that you put on, because these are conversations that have a certain way that they're supposed to go with your mother, you're supposed to have respect with your children. You're supposed to, you know, you're supposed to um, expect respect Um, with your, with your Senator or somebody in in government, you know, you're going to want to be very proper and official and you're trying to save their time. But with a best friend, you you love them, you respect them, you honor them. You, you want to, um, you know, love them well through your conversation, but you just call them when you have something to say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and the open communication is what makes that relationship special. Yeah. And God is saying, listen, 
I already know it. So yes, you need to honor me and respect me. However, whatever you're thinking, I already know anyway. <laughs> but the beauty is when you come to me honest and just keep it real. And praying without ceasing is continuously coming to God honest. Yeah, I love that. I was reading in a book a while ago, like what would it look like if almost every minute you're aware and have it inviting God into that moment? Like every minute, if you just practice that. And I was like, whoa, I definitely don't do that. You know what I mean? Like, and so I started trying to practice that. And it was amazing to see how our minds just go so many places without inviting God in, even in the small moments. So Crystal, man, girl, I, I love this already. Like I'm like, we could just go in all in on the prayer life. Now, this obviously this is a dating podcast. We have lots of singles and dating couples listening. And today I do really want to focus on singleness and just what is going to be powerful for singles right now in this season where they are feeling lonely, depressed, confused, frustrated, worn out, feel like they're their life isn't going anywhere, potentially all of that. Uh, and here's a deal. I have found that so many singles say to me, like in the DMs over the emails, they're like, my singleness feels like a plague. You know, it's like the season where you just so badly want to get out of it for just a second. And then I want to hear all of your response to this, but I just want to bring up the tried and true. Okay. First Corinthians seven 32, where in this, in the first Corinthians seven, Paul, who is a single man, right? Which is just like so cool. He says this, I want you to be free from anxieties. The unmarried man is anxious about the things of the Lord, how to please the Lord. But the married man is anxious about worldly things, how to please his wife and his interests are divided. And the unmarried or betrothed woman is anxious about the things of the Lord, how to be holy in body and spirit. But the married woman is anxious about worldly things, how to please her husband. I say this for your own benefit not to lay restraint upon you, but to promote good order and to secure your undivided devotion to the Lord. So I love this so much, Crystal, because I want to hone in on, on a little bit about how we can give singles just kind of a refresh today, you know, how they can really see their single life a little bit differently. And there is a narrative in some ways that like when you're married, you're going to be more used. But I actually believe that in this, in Corinthians here, 1 Corinthians 7, it's basically like Paul's like, no. As a single, you have more time to have undivided devotion to the Lord. You don't have, you're free from anxieties. You know, you can grow in intimacy. And so I am curious, Crystal, and knowing and getting to know a little bit about your journey, what you would kind of suggest for singles listening right now to really cultivate this time with God in an epic way. What do you think? Well, I think that, first of all, life is to be enjoyed, and he gave you life. And I think that, of course, so often when we're not married, because I was single and a single parent for 10 years, and so I, I, it's not like I don't remember that, and I do remember just being like, eh. I do remember this, though. There was a point in time, honestly, it was because of a bad breakup, where I was just like, I'm done with men. I'm done. I'm just going to do my life and enjoy it. And so even though it was born out of not necessarily a great place, that decision to invite joy into my life because there were things I liked to do, things I enjoyed doing, passions that I wanted to pursue, purposes that I felt like God had for me. When I actually gave it my focus, it didn't take away my desire to be married, but it certainly took away my focus on the fact that I was not. And so I wanted to encourage you not like to take joy in your singlehood. I'm not saying that 
like that, like that. What I'm saying is, yeah, you're single. And there is a whole host of things that when you get married, you can't do not the way you used to do. Um, and it, it, I mean, even if you're, you, you know, you're going to be the same and hopefully your spouse loves doing your future spouse loves doing the things that you love, but the way that you can do them when you're single, there's nothing like it. And so I just want to encourage you not only just to do things like to enjoy life, like take the trip, uh, try the class, get the degree, you know, hang out with your friends, all those things. But what I'm also saying is figure out who you are, like just try stuff, like just look at the opportunities that God has given you to discover who you are. And so many women married or single wait until they're 40 or 50 because they were waiting on marriage and they didn't try, or they were married having babies and they didn't they didn't, while they were living that season, invest in themselves. And so they wake up at 40 or 50 and they go, I cannot believe all these things I've thought about since I was a teenager and I haven't done them yet. So I would just encourage you to try things. I have a friend right now who's 50, one of my best friends. She is a nurse, traveling nurse, took her a really long time to figure out that that's what she wanted to do for a career. She thought she wasn't good at college. So she worked some odd jobs through her twenties and early thirties. And then she went to school to be a nurse. And we were just talking about, um, she just turned into a vegan, mm-hmm. um, into a vegan. She turned into a vegan. I love it. <laughs> turned into a vegan. And, um, like that's a big deal for her right now. So she keeps emailing me classes that she wants to take. And there's this certification she's thinking about getting. And she woke up to this, but I remember in her twenties, her interest in food. And I remember her saying then, you know, but I'm really not good at cooking. My mother didn't teach me how to cook. And, you know, and, but she like one of her odd jobs was working for Whole Foods because she liked learning about healthy eating and she liked me- meeting interesting people. So there were hints of what she's interested in now in her early 50s when she was in her 20s. But the thing is, she didn't pursue it. She just thought it's a thing and I didn't, you know, and while she didn't despise it, she just didn't pour into it. Right. So the things that you have hints of now, oh my gosh, pour into them and chase them down. Try it. You don't, it doesn't have to be your career for you to try it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I'm just like, try, just try life. <laughs> Hey friends, so I want to take a quick break today in the episode to share with you a product I have been loving that I think you're going to love as well. Now in this quarantine season specifically, I have just been trying to take some better care of myself. I've been working on my skincare regimen. I've been trying to work out as much as I possibly can. And then one area that I've really spent some love and care on is with my hair care routine. A few years back, I was actually platinum blonde. Yep, indeed, I basically had white blonde hair, but needless to say, I've been trying to grow and lengthen and make my hair really healthy ever since then. Now, I am one of those people that loves recommendations from people I trust. So for the last few years, I've been asking friends who have amazing hair. I'm like, what shampoo and conditioner do you use? I need to use it right now. Then I would find the product, buy it, and I would try it out. And I gotta say this, it never exactly works the same for me as it does for other people. Until I finally found a genie in a bottle hair product that is literally built custom just for me. It's called Function of Beauty. Function of Beauty saved my hair life, you guys. It is hair care that is formulated specifically for you. No matter your hair type, they create shampoo, conditioner, and treatments to fit your unique needs. Function of Beauty has over 54 trillion possible ingredient combinations to make sure your formula is as unique to you as possible. This is how it works. First, you take a short quiz to really find out more about your hair. Then Function of Beauty's team determines the right blend of ingredients for 
your specific hair. Then they bottle your custom formula to order. You can even decide what color you want your products to be and the fragrance that you want it to smell like. Then they deliver your personalized formula right to your door in a cute customized bottle. They even print your name on it. Okay, it's so cute. Their formulas are vegan and cruelty free. They never use sulfates, parabens, or any other harmful ingredients. Function of Beauty is not just the first ever custom hair care brand, it's actually the internet's top rated customized hair care brand. They have over 40,000 real five-star reviews and counting. So you can go to functionofbeauty.com heart to take your four-part hair profile quiz and save 20% on your first order. You can purchase one time or you could do a subscription model, whatever is best for you. So go to functionofbeauty.com forward slash heart for 20% off and then let them know that you heard about this from Heart of Dating. I love Function and Beauty and so grateful that they helped me transform my hair. All right, you guys, I have a message quickly for my lady friends. I am in my 30s and I am yet to be married. As such, it's crossed my mind a time or two about my fertility status. Now, if you're a woman, especially over 30, you've probably thought about this as well. And if I'm being that much more honest, I just haven't really wanted to go to the doctor to figure out where I stand with my fertility. But if you're curious like me about your fertility and want to stop being anxious about something you just have no idea about, then I want to share with you a brand that can possibly ease your mind here. It's called Modern Fertility. Modern Fertility makes finding out about your fertility possible with easy at-home fertility hormone testing. When it comes to fertility, I've just thought, oh, I'll just wait and see what happens. But some of that is a bit odd in terms of logic because do we wait and see what's going to happen with our finances or career or school? Why do we do wait and see when it comes to something as important as fertility? I believe in this space, knowledge is power, and I want you to be able to make the best decision for your body, your health, and your future. There aren't many decisions bigger in life than having a child, but for many women, when it comes to fertility, it's a big question mark and it can cause so much anxiety. So that's why Modern Fertility was created. It's the easy and affordable way to test your fertility hormones at home with a simple finger prick. All you have to do is mail in your results with a prepaid label and you'll get personalized results back within 10 days. Now, traditional testing with your doctor can cost over $1,000, but Modern Fertility is only $159 to get the exact same information. And if you go to modernfertility.com heart, you can get $20 off of your test. Also, if you have an HSA or FSA, you can use those dollars on Modern Fertility as well. You guys, it's so great. You will get insight into how many eggs you have, your hormone levels, and any reproductive red flags that might be happening. And you can also talk one-on-one with a fertility nurse to review your results and options for next steps. So if you do want kids today, or maybe one day, I wanna encourage you, get the information you need right now so you can start preparing for that decision in your life. Go to modernfertility.com heart, and you can get $20 off your test today. I see a lot of singles, they are so fixated on this thing of marriage. And I want to go back to something you also said, which was that you were a single mom for many years. Like, so Mm -hmm. I love that you're speaking to this right now because that whole season is not lost on you. You know, like I want to kind of, you know, like, and that's what's so cool. I actually didn't really know that about your story until we connected like before. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's so, that's so beautiful that that's also a part of your journey and your testimony. And I find that often we, there's so many things that we just can see ourselves like 
as we are stuck in this place trying to get to the next place, you know? And I th- I see it in singles the most more than anything. And maybe that's because that's what I do. But I see so many singles just sitting, feeling stuck. Me being in this season still means that there's something wrong with me, means that I'm not interesting enough, means that there's something not good about me. Like there's all these messages that we form in this time frame that basically are keeping us from stepping into who God really wants us to be. And a little birdie ended up telling me, I'm going to jump to this, Crystal, because I think it relates here, but a little birdie told me that your theme for this year is worthy, okay? And so what I'd love to just in that, because there are so many singles, and I'm sure for you, even being a single mom for so many years, maybe there were some messages and those lies coming in. And I feel like there are definitely some singles listening right now that are like, yeah, this year especially, like I, I feel that that like that sense of unworthy i feel that more than ever how would you speak into that for those singles right now well the thing is worthy we turn it into a feeling when actually it's a truth the way you change a feeling is by knowing what the fact is and then choosing to have faith in the fact irregardless regardless of your feelings mm-hmm. and so what is it what does it mean to be worthy how do you know that you're worthy well your worth has to be given by something outside of you which is a lot of the reason why we don't believe we're worthy is because we're looking to the wrong things to confirm our worthiness mm-hmm. when in reality we should be looking to the person who created us who crafted us who designed us and believe that the fact of our worthiness because it is a fact based in scripture that it is true and then act as if you believe it's true, which is basically the definition of faith. So what does it mean when I don't feel worthy, when I feel like I've been, you know, uh, I've been shackled with this burden of singlehood that I don't want. And that must mean that I, I'm not likable. I'm not lovable. I'm not pretty enough. Well, I am enough, but not because I have to believe it, feel it, understand it of my own that I'm enough. I'm enough because somebody else said I am. Mm -hmm. If I believed I was enough, what would that change? What would that change? Most of the time, it changes what we say. Because the problem is we take the feelings, then we create our own facts that are not true facts. And then we start rehearsing those facts in our head. Yeah. So if I believed I was enough and the guy did not call me back, I really, really thought he would. And he didn't call me back. So the fact is, is that I already have somebody who has offered to wed me, really. God is saying, hey, listen, I'm here for you and I'm all you need and I love you. And I know that that sounds cheesy, but it's the truth, right? And then you I say, okay- I love the okay, cheese, girl. Bring it. It's good. You know, and so you're, you're saying this to yourself, like I'm, I'm already accepted. So the fact that he didn't call me maybe meant that he thought I wasn't a good fit for him, but I'm a good fit. And actually maybe it's the other way around. He's not a good fit for me. Not to downplay him, just to say, it's okay to say, We're not a good fit for each other. And there is something better, something better that God can do with me by myself or something that God can do with me with another person that he has in mind. So instead of it becoming this fact of he didn't choose me because I'm not worthy, he didn't choose me because I'm not a good fit. Maybe I'm not a good fit, but that's because I am so (laughs) well-made and trying to force my square into his round peg would be murder. But I don't need to apologize for the fact that I'm a round peg. Because that's how God made me. Yes. Oh my gosh, girl. I love this. Yes. And you know what's so interesting is that I often see that people not only see themselves as unworthy singles, but they just see that singleness itself is a label that equals unworthy. 
does that like there is that whole stigma that like oh I'm not usable I'm not and we are just already kind of debunking that but it's like just me being single equals I'm not worthy you know like and we need to flip that because the more we see it as like this terrible loathing season that is just like you know something we we're stuck in the mud the more we everything else will reinforce that if that's already in our head but God actually is like I love this season. I created it intentionally. If you are in this season, it's not because you've done something wrong or you're being plagued or anything like that. It's because this is exactly where I want you to be. It's because I can use you so specifically in this time. Do you agree Mm -hmm. with that? (laughs) I do. I do. And I think that we have to stop looking at it as a punishment. Yeah. Yeah. The thing is, is if I'm not in a relationship with somebody, if I don't have a boyfriend, if I'm not, if I've had five in the last five years and none of them have turned out and this is whack. Okay. Then the question is not what's wrong with me. The question is, what is right with me that I've been ignoring because I'm assuming the only right worthy thing is the man? Yes. Ooh, say that again. <laughs> I don't even know if I can. What I know what I need them to get is that they're looking for something outside of them to say they're right. Yes. I mean, I did that too. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying that if you can say that I'm right, not because somebody else says it, not because I'm dating, not because... I am right as is now that doesn't, then that means that if I'm right and if I'm made this way, if I'm designed this way, if this is a season where I'm by myself, then me looking to force fit myself into somebody else's shape and then to be mad that I don't fit or that they don't fit with me. I'm ignoring the fact that my shape is good. And what should I be doing with my shape? I mean, listen, I, I have been up and down the scale. So every magazine that deals with every kind of woman, body size and all the things, I have had it. Mm. But one of the things I love more than anything is to see a woman who is on the heavier side of the scale, but she loves her body and yeah. it's clear. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and there's we always will look and we'll say, wow, look at that confidence, you know, yes. as if she shouldn't have it. Right. Oh, my gosh. But yeah. when she says, you know what, this is who I am today. And I, I will tell you this. There's a lady years ago, she was, she's an older lady, a psychologist, had a doctorate degree. She was speaking at an event, um, very large woman. She said, she, and she, she looked like a million dollars. And this is how she opened up her, and she would have said that, I'm a very large woman. She opened up her talk and she said, I want you to know that I put on my best for y'all today. You know, it's a bunch of women. So the women were like, woo, woo, yay. And she said, but I want you to know that me putting on my best today doesn't necessarily mean that I'm not aware of other things that I could do in my life to be better. I'm aware. I'm aware of what I need to change. I'm aware of where I need to make corrections. I'm aware of what I need to do more of and what I'm aware of what I need to do less of. She said, but here I am today with my face fully made up and with my dress that I bought just for y'all. And hopefully y'all are agreeing with me that I look good today. And everybody, you know, cheered for it. And here she (laughs) said, and this is what she said. And I choose to show up today the best version of me that I could give you today and not apologize for who I was yesterday and not apologize for what I haven't done tomorrow, but I'm showing up here today because this is me today. And I've never, and she wasn't 20. She was mid forties. And it was this acknowledgement of, I know, I know what I need to work on. Don't get it twisted. But me having something to work on or me having something that I desire doesn't get in the way of me giving you my best today. And I think we just have to accept that. 
Man, I wish I was married. Okay, yes, I wish I could lose the weight. Man, I wish my nose wasn't this way. Man, I wish the last three guys have said this one thing about me. I got to work on that. But don't let that take away from your worthiness today and all of the things that you're supposed to engage in today because you're here today. And I promise you, if you don't look at each day like that, when you get married, okay, let's assume everybody listens going to get married, which we know that's not the case. Yeah. But everybody listens, let's assume that. <laughs> okay. They're going to be happy you now, said that. They're going to be like, okay. They're going to be happy. <laughs> right. So 10 years from now, you're going to look back and all the days that could have been your best todays that were not because you assumed they couldn't be unless you had a man, you will look back 10 years from now. I don't care what your situation is. And you will say, I should have shown up for my life. I should have shown up for my life. So don't wait to figure that out. I'm giving you that for free. I'm telling you that in advance. It's going to happen. So instead of waiting to understand that Crystal's fact was, was, was truth, <laughs> just believe me and look around you and say, all right, how am I supposed to show up? Mm. How am I supposed to show up yeah. for my life? Not his life, for my life. Yeah. Girl, I am feeling this. You are preaching to my soul right now, okay? I'm like, <laughs> yes, my hands are sweating. I'm like, I feel the conviction. It's so good and so beautiful because, I mean, I, I, I feel the empathy every time I get a message from somebody who is struggling, who has a weight of something, and it, it so much of it has less to do with what the, somebody else did and more of just how they're translating it in their own mind to be something about them, to be something about this didn't work out and therefore I'm unworthy, right? It's just like where I'm this, I'm that, I'm not this, I should have been that. We're like, I should be this, I should not be that. And my heart just breaks because I see us, yes, there's, yes, we can grow. Yes, we should be committed to growth. And also, how do we be committed to growth, recognize in ownership, radical ownership, the things that we can, we do want to change and also stand firm in this, identity that God has given us since our birthright, this worthiness identity, like I am worthy, you know? And how do we build a, a life that cultivates like that identity each and every day? So practically for singles right now who are just on fire listening to your words, Crystal, what do you recommend like they can do? What is like one thing or we could do more than one. But like, what is the single thing? I love that, pun intended. The single thing somebody can do that would be a game changer for them right now in this season. The single thing that you can do. Um, I would say it's not doing, it's preparing to do. And I would just say make a hit list. Mm. Like just make a hit list. Put something else in front of you than the list of men behind you <laughs> oh. or the list of men that you're hoping that get to line up on that sheet of paper. Give yourself something else to look at. So make a hit list of the things I want to try, the things I've always wanted to do, the things I've been thinking I might be interested in, but I've never actually put it, put myself out there. Just make a hit list and then start making plans to going to go through those. Because when you do that, you are discovering how you're made. And let me tell you something, there's no better way, no better way to pick a man than to know that you're picking a man who's made for the way you're made. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's good. <laughs>
But what I often see is we don't even know. So we are going into dating being like, oh, I have this whole thing of what I want from a guy. And we don't even know the qualities that we bring to a relationship or the unique identity God has given us. That's why in some of my coaching with men and women, I'm like, hey, before we even put it down on paper, what you're wanting in somebody else, do you know what you have to offer? Do you know what you're bringing into a relationship? Do you know the unique, awesome things? Like, cause, and when I, when I do this with singles, I'm like, if you don't know it, first of all, pray about it. But second of all, ask your friends, you know, your Mm -hmm. friends are in relationship with you by choice. So there's something that you bring to their life. There's something unique and good and beautiful that you're gifting them by being their friend. Right. And so, uh, because oftentimes I'll look at singles and they're like, I don't know. I don't even know what I would have to bring to a relationship. I'm like, we, we need to know that first, you know, we need to be like, and not in a way that's prideful, but it's like truly that confidence that is healthy and beautiful that God wants us to have. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I love that. I love that hit list too, because it's like, write it down right now. Practically y'all get that pen and paper out, write it down. Like let's, we got to write it down, girl. (laughs) Okay. How do you think crystal that in the midst of this, we talked about your 28 day prayer journey. How can prayer also be just that lifeline game changer as well for singles in this season? How do you recommend they invite God into all of this through their prayer life as well? Well, first of all, I mean, part of the reason why we want relationship is because we don't want to be by ourselves. We don't want to be lonely. And we're looking for that person. And I know that, you know, the Lord is not always physically, uh, not always, he's not physically present with us, but he can, relationship with him can plug some of that loneliness, that aloneness that we are experiencing. And I know that there's nothing like human companionship, somebody that you can touch and feel that can sit next to you on the couch and Netflix and chill. But what I'm saying is that God can fill a lot of the gaps that we're trying to fill inappropriately or in without good timing that this guy will do because I'm lonely. And some of the sharpness, the sharp edges of loneliness that we're feeling, we wouldn't be feeling if we were totally engaged in our relationship with God. If we felt seen, if we felt known, if we felt cared for, we wouldn't have, it wouldn't be as sharp of a pain um, or as often a sharp, as sharp of a pain. So I'm thinking you got to give God a shot. Prayer is the way that you do that because it's the way that you engage in communication with God, which is the basis of relationship. So if you're not talking to God, you're not going to feel like you have a great relationship with God. If you don't feel like you have a great relationship God, He's gonna with God, it's not going to feel like he's there. And if it doesn't feel like he's there, then whatever loneliness you would feel because you are physically alone will be compounded because you are also spiritually alone. And so praying to God closes that gap. Ooh, I love that. You're going to feel more alone because you're spiritually alone if you're not inviting God into that each and every day. Ooh, that's so good. Crystal, I'm so grateful for you, friend. You just have all these amazing, amazing insight, amazing wisdom. And I'm so excited to just get to know you. And I'm so excited for our audience to get to know you. You know, to wrap up our interview, I ask every guest the same final question. So you're going to get it too. And it's just, what is your final nugget of dating advice for the listeners today? Hmm. My final advice would be (laughs) enjoy your life and enjoy yourself. Yeah. I'm a married woman. I've been married for 20 years, almost five kids. I love enjoying my life, which does include my family. But let me tell you something else. I love enjoying me. Yeah. And that's something you can cultivate early in life and not wait like so many women do when the kids are gone and 
their husband is, you know, in his midlife crisis. And then they're like, you know, I just want to do what I want to do. And you know how many women do that? That when they're 40 or 50, they just say, you know what? I love my family, but I've given my family all of my best juice for 20 years, 25 years. And now I need to do some stuff for me. That does not have to wait until you're 50. You should start that journey of knowing what you love and making sure you're doing some of the things that you love for you and uh, enjoying your, enjoying you, enjoying you. Start that today. Oh, I love that. Crystal, if people want to connect with you, get your amazing book and just find out what you're doing, because I know you have so many things coming up, like, and you have free stuff and you have some exciting other things coming up. How did they get in contact with you and stay in the loop with all the amazing things you're putting out there? You should totally go to my website, crystalevanshurst.com, where they can find a little box below my picture that says, join my email list. When you join my email list, you will then be able to keep up with all the things going on, everything from special classes to courses, to membership, to a whole bunch of freebies, great guests, love to keep you in the loop. And you can join that circle group by going to crystalevanshurst.com. I love it. Crystal. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much, friend, for being on today, for sharing. Like I feel fired up. I'm I'm feeling like the guests listening are just feeling that same thing if they are, if they just experience this conversation. So you have a true gifting friend, true, true, true gifting of encouragement and speaking truth in such a direct, practical way. So just thank you so much for your leadership and what you're doing. And it really is anointed, my friend. Yay. Well, thanks again for having me. I'm glad about that. Wow. What an episode. Crystal Evans Hurst is a flipping powerhouse, you guys. I am so grateful for her and that conversation. And gosh, it is so evident just how God moves in her life and how she speaks with such passion and conviction. You can just tell she is a woman fervently in the word and constantly speaking to God. And it comes out with the way she talks. Friends, if you want to be like this, let me just be real. You got to be in the daily word praying. And that's why I want to encourage you to get her 28-day prayer journey, a daily guide to conversations with God. It's so practical, it is easy, and it's so powerful. I just want to thank Crystal once again. What a conversation. And friends, I want to thank you for always tuning in, being our tried and true crew. We absolutely love you. And as you know, I've said this before, but we truly could not do it without you and your support. Thanks, guys. See you next week. This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network.